you found the Transform Life podcast, the podcast that believes that you can live the transformed life every day. This is show number five entitled The Fellowship of the Ring. We'll be right back with more. Are you living the transformed life or do you feel defeated? Listen, you do, not li- you do not need to live a defeated life if you belong to Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, welcome to today's show. We're going to provide you with some tools for living the transformed life every day. Today's show is entitled, The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, I'm not speaking about Tolkien's ring, as in the Lord of the Ring, but what I'm referring to is the ring or the circle of friends. Do you know that even Jesus had his inner circle of friends? Three of the 12 disciples were a part of the inner circle. His ring of fellowship of friends consisted of Peter, James, and John. Now, if you're in a position right now where you can grab a sheet of paper, uh, I'd like to give you an illustration that you can, you know, take a look at and keep in your Bible and will help you to understand this whole concept of the fellowship of the ring. On a sheet of paper, I want you to draw in the middle of your paper a circle and I want you to write the name Jesus in it. Then I want you to draw a circle around that circle and I want you to write the name Peter, James, and John. That's the intimate three. And then once you've done that, I want you to draw another circle around that circle, and I want you to write the other nine disciples, okay? The other nine disciples. So nine and three is 12. And then I want you to draw a circle around that circle, and I want you to write the 70, the 70 disciples. This is found in Luke chapter 10, okay? So Jesus had his inner circle of Peter, James, and John, then he had the nine, Then he had the 70, but now I want you to draw another circle around the 70, and there I want you to write the 120 disciples. 120 disciples is what we find in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 15. They're gathered up in the upper room, and they're waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus did not try to do ministry as an island unto himself. His life intersected with people all around him. And this is what I want to talk about on today's Transform Life podcast. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Transformed Life podcast. Now we're going to move into our feature segments. And our first segment is a key Bible verse for transformed living. And the Bible verse for today is Acts 2, verse 42. Acts 2, verse 42 reads, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. What a great verse. Now we're going to dig into that verse together. And they, who are they? Well, the they there are the 120 that were in the upper room. Plus, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and 3,000 people 
responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ and were saved. And now we have 3,120 and they are the they mentioned in Acts 2.42. And they continued. That word continued means that they pressed forward, that they stayed with it, that they hung in there. And beloved, you and I need to be a part of the fellowship of the ring, the fellowship with other believers, and we need to press forward. We need to stick with others. We are not islands unto ourselves, right? So we are a part of a fellowship of believers. And it says, and they continue steadfastly. I love that. Dutifully firm and unwavering manner. Isn't that great? They were dutifully firm in an unwaverly manner. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. You know, if you want to grow as a believer, if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to be a part of the fellowship of the ring. You need to be a part of a fellowship of believers. And you need to st- you need to stick with the doctrines of the apostles as found in the Bible, in the New Testament. And there you have growth. You know the word doctrine simply means teachings, okay? And that's what we're talking about here. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teachings. Well, I hope that you are in the word and allowing the word to be in you. So it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and then it says, and fellowship. And that's where we're we're at today, the fellowship of the ring. The Greek word for fellowship is koinea. Koinea. You know, that that is the that is a an intimate word. It is it is the people of God coming together, recognizing our common denominator, which is the person of Jesus Christ. So we, we have koinea, we have fellowship. We, we, we no longer walk in darkness, we walk in light and we, we get to fellowship with each other. We, need to, we get to come together as the body of Christ. <coughs> it says in the breaking of bread. So their fellowship centered around a meal. Um, you know, in the New Testament, when the disciples uh, partook of um, the Lord's table, we call it communion, the Lord's table. Some people call it the Eucharist. Some people, you know, in, in they just call it by different names. But before they celebrated communion, they celebrated a love feast. They had a potluck. They ate together. There is nothing like fellowshipping around a table. There is nothing like breaking bread. You know, bread is one of the basic staples of life. And I think that's, you know, but when when you think of bread, Jesus also said that he was the bread that came from heaven. And, And I love this analogy. Do you know the word Bethlehem means house of bread? And where was Jesus born? The bread of heaven was born in the house of bread. And when we get together, we fellowship because of the person of Jesus Christ. We get to break bread together because we are united in the person of Christ. And then it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. 
You know, the early Christians knew the value of prayer. You know, one of the things that bring us together in fellowship, even as Christians today, is that we believe in prayer. We believe that prayer moves the hand that moves the world. You know, they prayed for each other. They prayed for their national leaders. They prayed for their religious leaders. They prayed for the apostles. They prayed for one another. They prayed for the sick. They prayed for the needy. They prayed for the poor. They prayed for the downcast. They prayed for the outcast. They prayed for the people around them. And, you know, we shouldn't run out of things to pray for, right? If we want to live a transformed life every day, then we need to have doctrine in our life. We need to have fellowship in the breaking of bread in our life. And we need to be praying for one another, right? We need to be praying. I want to give you a quick method uh, for prayer. You might want to write this down. It's called ACTS Acts. And since we're in the book of Acts, I thought it was uh, relevant. The A for prayer is adoration. Spend time as you begin to pray, just adorning God for who he is. Think about his his attitudes or what we would call his um, characteristics, you know, that God is holy and God is loving and God is just and God is truthful and God is omniscient and God is omnipresent. Uh, those are the attitudes of God or the attributes of God. And then spend time in confession. You know, keep short accounts with God. And if you keep short accounts with God, your vertical relationship will be right, but it will also help your horizontal relationships with other Christians, with unsaved people, with people you work with, with family members, and so on and so forth. The T stands for Thanksgiving. And we, as the people of God, have so many things to be thankful for. You know, every good gift and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So what is it that you can be thankful for today? Well, you can be thankful that you slept in a bed, you can be thankful that you had a square. You can be thankful that you're in an automobile driving or that you have a job. You can be thankful that you have family. You can be thankful that you have friends. You can be thankful that you have some cash. You can be thankful for meals. You can be thankful for the weather, good or bad, sunny or cloudy, wet or cold. Um, you can be thankful that you have clothing. You can be thankful for a pair of shoes. You can be thankful uh, for electricity. You can be thankful for reading material. There are so many things to give God thanks for. And then finally, the last one is supplication. And supplication means to bring your own needs to God, but also bring the needs of others to God. So, you know, you can be praying for your pastor, which I would encourage you to do. You can be praying for your family members. You can be praying for your church body. You can be praying for missionaries. You can be praying for Christian radio. You can be praying for our national leaders. Just spend time in prayer. Come up with a prayer list. You know, write the names of three people down that you would like to pray for on a consistent basis. You know, prayer is a vital part 
of Christian fellowship. And it's also a vital part of living the transformed life. We'll be back in just a moment. Well, welcome back to the Transform Life podcast. Here's segment number two, a key biblical principle for transformed living. And today's principle is really simple. Christians need fellowship. Uh, Another way of saying this is that Christians need Christians. We need to be in fellowship with one another. You know, I was looking uh, for material to use for this podcast about Christian fellowship, and I came across 18 benefits for Christian fellowship by Chris Oliveri. And Chris Oliveri wrote that When you commit to embrace fellowship with God's people, you can experience these following benefits. Number one, you demonstrate a sincere love for Jesus. Isn't that great? 1 John 4, 19 and 20. Number two, you receive the encouragement of harmony. Romans 15, 5. Number three, you experience mutual acceptance among radically different people. Romans 15, 7. Number four, you benefit from mutual instruction, encouragement, and correction, Romans 15, 14. Number five, you gain opportunities for joy, mutual comfort, unity, encouragement, and peace, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Number six, you use your newfound freedom for loving service of others. For the loving service of others, Galatians 5.13. Number seven, you receive God-given opportunities to develop patience, Ephesians 4, 1 through 2. Now, I kind of chuckle at that one because there is so much truth that when you're a part of a family, the, the family of God, uh, you develop patience because you're with people all the time. Number eight, you become aware of God-given opportunities to grow in kindness and forgiving others. Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.13. Number nine, you receive mutual encouragement and growth that comes from corporate worship before God. Colossians 3.16. As a matter of fact, I would say that you really learn how to worship God by fellowshipping with other Christians. Number uh, 10, you demonstrate reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21. Number 11, you put yourself on God's pathway for cultivating spiritual growth, Colossians 3, 7 through 10. Number 12, you gain opportunities to see God's answers to prayer, especially in the life of others, 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 and 1 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 12. Number 13, you receive confrontation from others, making yourself less vulnerable to the hardening of deceitfulness of sin, Hebrews 3. 13. In other words, when you're around the people of God, you you open yourself up to correction. You're not just surrounded by a bunch of people that pat you on the back and, and say yes to everything that you are talking about. Number 14, you stir up others to love and good works while being stirred up by others to love and good works. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Number 15, you gain many opportunities to put to death your judgmental spirit, 
James 4.11, James 5.9. Number 16, you are freed to confess your sins to a brother or sister and benefit by their prayers for you. James 5.16, you grow in humility, 1 Peter 5.5. 5. And number 18, you make the gospel more visible in a dark world. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. You might also add there 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, Titus 3, 3, 1 John 3, 11 and verse 23, 1 John 4, 7 and verses 11 through 12, and 2 John 5. So there we have the 18 benefits for being a part of the Fellowship of the Ring. But you know, there are other additional benefits. I mean, think about the sharing that takes place when you're with other people. You're able to study together the Word of God and draw on uh, insights uh, from others. You're able to serve together um, as you're part of a body. And then you're able to enter into the suffering that other people go through. Um, you'll never know the impact that you have on other, you know, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. You know, at our, at the church, I get the privilege of pastoring. I get to be around people all the time. I have a fellowship on Sunday morning. I have a fellowship on Wednesday nights. I have a fellowship uh, at various times during the week when I get together with people who are part of this church, this great church I pastor. Now, as a church body, when we get together, we get to make decisions together. That's part of being a part of the fellowship of the ring. We get to pray together one for another. I pray with my body every Sunday morning. We get to make um uh, decisions that impact our community together, how we're going to reach our community with the gospel of Christ. You know, what's really cool is that when we see people who want to become a part of our church and they've never been baptized, and so we have the privilege as a church body to come together in fellowship and watch their baptism. We get to come together once the first Sunday of each month for communion, for the Lord's Supper, and we get to partake of the Lord's Supper and do those, eat that bread and drink that cup as we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That's something we do together. And then, um, you know, uh, as a church body, we can plan mission trips. We can do outreaches. We can help out in our community. There are so many ways in which we can fellowship with each other. I trust that if you're not a part of a fellowship of the ring, if you're not a part of a fellowship of, of other Christian people in a church family, that you will get connected as soon as you can. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Transformed Life Podcast, the podcast that believes that you can live the transformed life every day. We're now into our third section of the program, and today we're going to be interviewing Letha Trapagan, and we're going to be talking about Christian fellowship, the fellowship of the ring, and why it's important. So uh, please uh, stay tuned and participate with us as we visit together. So Letha, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so glad that you decided that uh, you would say yes to my invitation. 
and uh, looking forward to hearing your responses to some questions that I have. So I am talking with our audience today about the importance of Christian fellowship, that you know we, we can't do uh, Christian community alone, that there's no lone rangers in the, the Christian life. So um, I want to begin by first asking you if you'd share your own personal testimony with us of how you came to faith in Christ. Uh, well, let's, like, where do I start? I, I was raised as what I thought was a Christian, going to Sunday school, being dropped off at whatever church was closest. And my parents never went to church, but because I lived in the United States and I went to Sunday school, I thought I was a Christian. And it wasn't until I was nearly 30 that I discovered that being a Christian is actually a relationship. It's not what church building you walk into and um, have fun with, but um, it's actually knowing Jesus. And I, up until that point, didn't know that. And also found that, as the Bible says, that God can use anything. And with me, it was a terrible old horror movie that was on TV as I was nursing my firstborn child. And the in the introduction to the movie, it flashed scripture across the screen from Revelation talking about 666. And my husband and I both looked at each other and that's not in the Bible. We know that's not in there. But I had an old living Bible that my grandmother had given me five years earlier. So after I pulled it off the bottom shelf and dusted it off and opened it up, we found out that, yeah, that really was in there. And... um my background and his had both totally avoided any talk about prophecy, any talk about a relationship with Jesus. And so we decided that we wanted our son to be raised as a Christian and to know what that meant. So we started shopping around and decided that we wanted to be Baptists because Baptists seem to just take the Bible literally and say, that's what God says, and that's it. And so that appealed to us. So I've been a Baptist ever since, and less than a year later, I was baptized and um, had become a believer. Amen. So you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. And uh, he is your Savior and Lord to this day. Yes. And so, you know, and you talked about being a part of a Baptist church, which means you were part of a community of believers. Right. And so I want to talk to you about the importance today of Christian fellowship. So what is Christian fellowship from your perspective? I've actually thought about this for a while because you made a random comment one time when I can't even remember where we were. It might have been at family camp or I can't remember. But anyway, you said as someone was talking about, oh, such great fellowship, and you kind of walked away and under your breath said, they don't know what fellowship is. And so I kind of looked into it to see what fellowship was, because I thought, yeah, we're all together and we're having fun. So, you know, so anyway, looking into it, it looks to me as if fellowship is kind of two-pronged, that it's... um being of like-mindedness and um, believing in Jesus, knowing that our lives are dedicated to him. And then not only just 
that, but then also being part of the team and mm -hmm. working toward a common goal, which would be to glorify Christ. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And I, I don't remember ever doing that under my breath, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there is a, a lot of people have a misconception of what Christian fellowship is all about. You know, they, sometimes they think just because they're with somebody that they're experiencing fellowship and, you know, fellowship is, I think, much deeper than that. And I think in the New Testament, the idea of Christian fellowship is that there was a, there was a commonism that they experienced that is outside of what the world experiences. So if, if you picked one word to describe Christian fellowship, what one word would you use? I thought about this quite a bit, but the only one I could come up with that kind of covered everything was like-mindedness. Like-mindedness. I yeah. thought about companionship and love, mm -hmm. friendship, you know, but yeah. none of those do it. And so it, one word is really hard. <laughs> yeah. It is very hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, years ago, I think when I was a new believer, I heard someone say that fellowship is like two men being in the same boat and uh, talking about the same thing that they are, you know, talking about their relationship with Christ and what Christ has been doing in their life. Um, Share some experiences that you personally have had with Christian fellowship. Now, this isn't the only church you've been a part of. Right. So just, you know, through your experiences of being a believer, um, how has Christian fellowship impacted your life? My first reaction to that is that every time I walk in the door of this church, it's just the feeling of fellowship and, and, and love between the people involved. But probably the most intense fellowship experiences I've had are related to disaster relief okay. and being deployed somewhere out of town or out of state. And um, there might be 30 or 40 people mm -hmm. living together in a church basement. And um, maybe we got there knowing two or three or four of them, mm -hmm. but they all become like brothers and sisters, because the Bible tells us not to worry about what we'll eat or what we'll drink or what we'll wear. On a disaster relief call out, you don't have to worry about any of those things because that's all taken care of. And it's so much easier to just concentrate on the task at hand, which is where the like-mindedness comes in. All of the participants are believers. We're all on the same team. We're all reaching out to this community that needs help desperately and needs Jesus even more than that. And um, it's a almost overwhelming sense of the Lord's presence and power and being a, a part of it. That's a good answer. And, you know, I was thinking as you were sharing that, that, you know, you have soldiers that go off to combat and they're fighting side by side. And they probably know more about that person than maybe they even know about friends back home. Um, shared experiences um, is what the New Testament talks about when it uses the word fellowship as well. That we have shared experiences of whether it's evangelism or taking care of the poor or disaster relief or just ministering into your own community. Uh, you have Christian fellowship. I, I want to read a verse 
uh, for you. This is found in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And I, I love that idea is that you know, we're sharing this message with you that you might have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Um, I just think that's uh, apropos as I talk about Christian fellowship with you today. How do you see Christian fellowship played out in the church today? In, in, in you know, just the various ministries that, that churches have. Well, I, I think it's maybe easier for women to open up to each other and create that feeling of fellowship than it is for men. And I know some men struggle to just, you know, let your feelings be known and make yourself transparent enough that you can have that relationship with another guy. And um, men men are normally quiet and withdrawn and they don't share what's on their heart. Their feelings. Their feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's one thing I, I regret right now. We, I do have women's, the women's Bible study, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And, um, but we don't have a really strong small group ministry. And I know that we've tried and there are just, you know, things that happen. And um, I think that's one of the, best ways for people within the church body to develop that fellowship because you do get a a more intimate knowledge of the people and um, their families and um, my previous church was one where um, there wasn't much well there wasn't any gospel preaching really Mm -hmm. but the small group ministry was fabulous (laughs) and we and I hated to leave that church even after I realized that it wasn't where I should be because the small group was so good I was connected with those people so much yeah I was thinking as you were sharing there that in order to have a small group uh, fellowship you have to be intentional right yeah there's got to be an intentionality or it doesn't happen right so, you know, somebody has to have, take that initiative in order for um, a small group to develop into what I call the fellowship of the ring. Mm-hmm. So, um, any other areas of like, do you see um, fellowship occurring in any other like ministries around the church? It seems to me that just this, um, the building project, the building, the, our facility and the work that's been needed and been accomplished that um, a lot of, especially the guys, have kind of come together with that. And I see such love between them. And That has been wonderful to watch. Yeah. The, and so, the connection that the men in the church are making. Right. So I, I think that's wonderful and just really a blessing to all of us. Um, what are some Bible verses that speak of Christian fellowship and how important are those verses to you? In particular, I wrote down several, and First John one three that you already okay. read is is yeah. one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, Acts two forty two. Everybody always talks about that one with fellowship that they right. continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and it shows the importance of 
not not just getting together and having food, but uh, concentrating on the doctrine, the the teaching, and um, and prayer, and all those things have to be involved. And I think that's great that you actually picked that verse too, because that's a verse that I talked earlier about on the podcast, and so I go in depth. Out of Acts chapter uh, two, uh, verses forty-one and uh, verses forty and following. So, so now uh, you know the secret that I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, th- no, this is for this podcast, for oh. this episode. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a past one. It's it's oh, all it's right. for the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, any other particular uh, scripture passages? Um, well, First Corinthians one nine, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. And the concept of being in fellowship, not just with each other, mm-hmm. but with the Lord. Right. And so yeah. that's important. And, and again, you have to be intentional. Right. If you're going to be in fellowship with the Lord. Yeah, there's there's a verse over in the book of Jude that says that we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, again, that's an intentionality on our part to do that, to be in fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. And then there are other verses that talk about fellowship as an aspect of, of giving to where um, because you're intertwined that you are supporting each other and ministry with your financial gifts as well. Okay, uh, Letha, um, what are Christians missing out on when they try to do community alone? without the fellowship of other believers. They make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Um, being a believer, if if you don't have that fellowship, you're just handicapping yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think you need to make the effort to reach out. And I think that there's an aspect of maybe pride involved that I don't need anybody else. I can, I can do this on my own. I got it handled mm-hmm. and you just miss on out on the blessings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, not too long ago, there was somebody who said to me that they're not into the church, that they love Jesus, but they're not into the church. And uh, I thought about that statement and I thought, you know, that'd be like somebody saying, um, Pastor Kim, I really like you, but I don't like your wife. Because the church is called the Bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we should be enamored with the Bride of Christ. And, and church should play an important role in the life of the Christian if we're going to have fellowship. And God never meant, um, when he said, go build my church, he never meant that we'd plant one person here and one person there and one person there and that that would be the church. Uh, he meant for us to come together. And he meant us to be social beings right. and puts yeah. that desire in our hearts. And so if we are desirous of being closer to him, then I don't understand how anyone could do that or want to do that without having fellowship with other believers. Yeah. And even the world we live in, you know, we're dependent upon other people to help they make our clothing, they build our cars, they, they, they go out into the fields and harvest the food that we buy at the stores, farmers milk their cows, and if we didn't have everybody pitching in, um, we would be hurting today, wouldn't we? 
definitely. So uh, what advice would you give to a new Christian about the importance of fellowshipping with other believers? Well, scripture says that it's important. And just from a logical standpoint, if you step back and look at it, that how could I you know, do the most and be the closest to Jesus that I could possibly be? Mm-hmm. I don't see how you could reasonably say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it by myself. That's not the way it works. No. It's just you need mm-hmm. to make that decision and, and have that intent to reach out. And sometimes it's not easy at my church in Sheridan, I went to a ladies' craft day the first week or two that I, we were attending there, mm-hmm. and I sat at one of the tables where everything was set out to do the craft, and a couple of minutes later, some other ladies came over and said, oh, well, that's our table. We're going to sit there. And so mm-hmm. I got up and left, yeah. and I went to another table and um, by myself. And eventually another lady came and sat with me and I don't know why I didn't run screaming from that church, but I didn't. (laughs) And it ended up being a wonderful, wonderful church. It was just people having a day, you know, and I think you have to expect that people are going to have days where they're just not thinking and they're not setting out to offend you or exclude you and so don't give up go back and make make it happen yeah so so two things first of all i would never want that to happen at spirit lake it probably (laughs) it wasn't here it probably has but i would never want that to happen i want people to always feel that they're a part of our fellowship from the first moment they walk into the door and um secondly um we need to realize that we're family and when you're a part of a family, sometimes uh, even family offend and even family say things that are hurtful. Um, but we don't forsake our families. We, we stick with our families. Um, what advice would you offer to seasoned saints when it comes to Christian fellowship? I think kind of the same thing, that make the effort. It's worth it. And sometimes it's easier to just sit home by yourself and and not do anything. I live several miles from church. And so once in a while, even I think, oh, I don't know if I want to drive 20 miles. I don't know if I really want to do that today. But it's so worth it. Make the effort and you'll just be blessed far beyond what you can think that it's going to be. Yeah. And someone has to set the example, right? I mean, I, I, I would think the senior saints would be the ones that God would call upon because they should be mature by now, right? And they should be the ones that want to set the example for what Christian fellowship looks like. Well, um, I don't know if you have if you have any social media, if you're on Facebook or any of that, but if somebody wanted to contact you and thank you for uh, your uh, comments today on the Transform Life, how would they get a hold of you? Um, my easy email is Letha, L-E-A-T-H-A, at live.com. And so that's just a really easy one. And then I am on Facebook, and it's my whole real name, and Letha Traphagan. And um, so I'm available there. And that's about the extent of my techiness. (laughs) I don't do much else. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being a part of the program today, and I hope that it will have blessed our listeners this afternoon. Thank you.
Well, once again, welcome back to The Transform Life. We want to end our series today on the Fellowship of the Ring with talking about some books on Christian fellowship. And the first book that I want to share with you in Living the Transform Life is a book that was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and the book is entitled Life Together, The Classic Exploration of Christian Community. It is a paperback book. It was published in 1978. And um, the product description of this book says that after his martyrdom at the hands of the Gestapo in 1945, Dietrich Bonhoeffer continued his witness in the hearts of Christians around the world. In his book, Life Together, we learn of Pastor Bonhoeffer's experience within Christian community. This story of a unique fellowship in an underground seminary during the Nazi years reads like one of Paul's letters. It gives practical advice on how uh, life together in Christ can be sustained in families and groups. The role of personal prayer, worship in common everyday work, and Christian service is treated in simple, almost biblical words, life together, serves as bread to all who are hungry for real life of Christian fellowship. So I want to encourage you, that book is available at Christian Book Distributors. You can get that at cbd.com, and the book is available in paperback for $10.99. So that's one book. The other book that I want to share with you is by one of my favorite authors, and his name is Jerry Bridges. And Jerry Bridges wrote a book entitled True Community, The Biblical Practice of Koinea. And he writes that um, fellowship among believers is more than just talking over coffee after a church service. Biblical fellowship in the New Testament times, or koinea, had rich and varied meanings, including covenant relations, uh, partnership in the gospel, communion with God and others, and sharing of earthly possessions. In true community, best-selling author Jerry Bridges guides you through koinea and its implications for today's church. With discussion questions at the end of each chapter— This book will help you dig deeper into the Christian community and in the 21st century, what it should look like. We will come away with a new appreciation for fellowship, the church, and what God intended for the body of Christ to be. Those books will be available at our website. That is the Transform Life Podcast at... um, dot uh, org the transform life org and uh, you'll be able just to click those books and they'll take you right to the site where you can order them um, both of those books are also available in Kindle format if you have a Kindle reader or if you have another type of reader uh, you can see if you can get that as well hey God bless you and thank you for listening Well, that's it for another Transform Life podcast. Thank you uh, as the audience for tuning in and listening to today's show. We would have no program if it were not for you. Where to find our show notes? You can find them at the transformlifepodcast.com, transformlifepodcast.com, all lowercase. And we would love it if you would write to us with your questions or feedback of today's show. 
You can always email us at the Transformed Life Podcast at gmail.com. That is the Transformed Podcast, gmail.com. Until our next show, may God richly bless you and your family. Oh,